Internet. Welcome, one and all, to this, our Shakespeare episode of Spoiler Alert. If you'll all indulge me, I've prepared a prologue. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Three co-hosts, all alike in dignity, in fair Regina, where we lay our scene, for this week break to this new inquiry on how new films make the bard's work unclean. From forth the fatal pens of Boz and Co., a lot of varied films hath taken shape, to which all kinds of folks do sometimes go. Some, indeed, your grandma owns on tape. The fabled passage of his works to reel, that dude who wrote the plays that are our faves, which, but for Brana, no one could reveal, is now the one hour's traffic of these waves. The which, if you with patient ears attend, what here shall miss, our goofs shall strive to mend. Sonia, when you said you were going to prepare something, I did not know. This, this that was, was beautiful. This was listed as secret prologue to be revealed on air. And I revealed wanted... it twas. Twas <laughs> indeed. That was a big reveal. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Just to be clear, I did just take the prologue to Romeo and Juliet and change some words. <laughs> it's the best prologue. So it wasn't that special or impressive. <laughs> it was beautiful. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't have said anything. You should have just like said, "Yeah, I wrote it." Well, I mean, I think our Shakespeare heads out there will know. Will would have noticed some of the similarities. Oh, those bard heads. The bard know. heads. The bardos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, I can I'm not going to keep up the old time we speak all night, but it's I wanted to get a little iambic in there. Um, <laughs> so spoiler alert, as as happens every week on this here movie talk show for radio lovers. Mm-hmm. Nope. Radio talk. <laughs> you guys have to forgive us. It is a million degrees in the studio. It is plus we're five, in the five minutes right in. Now. We're five minutes in, and we've all got uh, delusions. Um, okay, spoiler alert. As always happens on this talk radio show for movie lovers, everybody dies or everybody gets married. It depends whether it's a comedy or a tragedy. Mm-hmm. That's life. Okay, boys, let's get theatrical. What is your favorite movie? Oh, also, I'm here with my co-hosts. <laughs> I did not. I got so excited about I was, my. Uh, I, was, I was okay to just my rhyming it, couplet. You know. Everyone knows us. This is I'm I'm your lady host Sonia Stanger, and I'm here with the lovely Jeremy Legui and Hi. Sean Dunham. Hi. Hi. Uh, what's your favorite movie based on a Shakespeare play? Do you have one? I think it's Hamlet, which is like super unoriginal, but it's a four-hour Kenneth Branagh epic never heard that we will it. talk about. Oh, I'll send you some notes. Okay. Spoiler alert, Sean. Everybody dies. <laughs> um, but like I, in a super awesome I think that have we all watched a different Hamlet in relation to this <laughs> episode? Because we might have. I mean, uh, it is so good. It yeah, is no, it's so good. I think it's, I think it's just so pure. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's, yep. it's unfiltered Shakespeare through the hands of a man who was put on this earth to only do Shakespeare. Yeah, and to love it. Yeah, and, well, and Murder in the Orange Express. And Thor. <laughs> <laughs> so. And Kate Winslet is truly amazing as Ophelia. Oh, yeah, no. There's there's performances left, right, and center in there. Mm-hmm. Billy Crystal's in there. Wow. There's, I forgot that. There's a thing with a Kenneth Branagh movie where if there's a bit part, he can find the most famous favor to call in to get that person to come and, and do that job. I love it. I it's, love that so much. I, I, I don't know... I don't know what he did in the past to get all these favors, but it probably involved it's murder. Despicable. I think he's just such a respected thespian. Maybe I don't know. Again, Thor. What is he in Thor? He's the director of Thor. <laughs> I'm yeah, shunned. <laughs> right? Yeah. How do you? I don't even know. He's a, he's a, like like the bard himself. He's got a wide range. <laughs> a very wide range. <laughs> he can so, do historical and. <laughs> Does he have a relationship with Anne Hathaway as well? Yeah, probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he he uh, bequeathed her his second best bed. <laughs> that's, that's a deep cut that's for deep. all you nerds out there. Um, yeah, that version is very good. Um, mm-hmm. This isn't really a film adaptation as such, but I did see the um, Benedict Cumberbatch version of Hamlet oh. uh, that was filmed at the Royal... I think it's called the British National Theater, maybe. The so this Royal, is, this some, is a, a play film. And it was the stage, yeah, it was yeah. the stage version filmed, and then I went and saw it at the Cineplex two different times. Oh, what did nice. Benedict do? Oh, he was incredible. It was a really great production, actually. Um, but yeah, the Kenneth Branagh version is great. 
Um, that sounds amazing. I watched, I should have watched that one, mm-hmm. but I was like, should I do Mel Gibson? Should I do Kenneth Branagh? But Mel Gibson <laughs> and Glenn Close. Yes, it's I know. Still, it's still, first, okay. Did you watch the Mel Gibson one? No. Okay. I, I, oh, that's I chose that's, the, um, the more, um, widely renowned one, uh, the Ethan Hawke's Hamlet. <laughs> oh, I really like that one. I haven't seen it. Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's good. It's a little crazy though. I did not love it. It was like riding too high on being 90s. It was so mm. 90s. At one point, don't, like, isn't there like a scene where somebody's filming somebody on video and then watching it on multiple v- screens of video? A play within a play within a oh, video. Oh my god. So 90s. Yeah, he like, instead of being a playwright, he is a filmmaker. Ooh. And so when he show, he shows the mousetrap, um, it's a short film that he made that is so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, uh, like an animated like flower wilting. And he's just like, looking back at um oh my god who played his dad uh kyle mclaughlin no that was his uncle Pla- right yeah, yeah okay okay kyle mclaughlin his dad's dead his dad is dead <laughs> spoiler alert like, um, also yeah. i forgot that he's dead by getting poison poured in his, in his ear, ear. <laughs> that's a very popular way to kill people yeah it is a really and also undignified real, real way to go <laughs> i think i got poison poured in my ear while watching this because yeah. it was not great. <laughs> By the reviews. Julia Stiles was very forgettable as Ophelia. I she kind of forgot that's what she was. in so many Shakespeare adaptations. And now that we don't do them, she doesn't act yeah. anymore. I know. <laughs> Just that one season of Dexter that was a Shakespeare adaptation. Oh, she was good. Was she? That actually. Uh, that's where I stopped watching the show. She was, spoiler alert, a lady serial killer. <gasps> um, <laughs> lady Macbeth? Yeah, maybe it was a Macbeth reference. <laughs> we'll never know. Um, she, instead of know? doing her mad scene when she's like picking the flowers, yeah. it's Polaroids of flowers. <laughs> she's like <laughs> throwing these flowers away. They're like trying to do some complicated rhetoric about semiotics, but it's just dumb. It was it's, tough. She it, like dives off of a, an art gallery oh. um, yeah. into a fountain. It was a it, lot. That was 2000, right? It was yes, yeah. 2000. That was the most '90s year. It all, it all <laughs> it sort all of, it all, yeah. Everyone was so worried about Y2K, they didn't realize the '90s was creeping up on the year 2000. Yeah, it was four years after Romeo and Juliet, which, uh, and they just did it worse. <laughs> you know, like Sorry, do you mean Romeo plus Romeo Juliet? plus Juliet? I'm so sorry. It, it is, it is titled Romeo and Juliet. I know, but. Yeah. Um, just, for distinction purposes, yeah. we should probably call it that for the Maybe. rest of the show. But there's a lot of things that they do the same, like the sword is a gun, or like yeah. the newscaster is like the um, the narrator. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they just do it so much worse. <laughs> That's fun. Um, what are my notes on here? Oh, uh, I. S- Lemon, sorry. Should we come back? To oh, okay. No, I did want to mention that Steve Zahn is and some other guy are Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Excellent. And they are like these ridiculously like SoCal dudes. And this one, the dialogue's really tough. And he says once he's like, "What have you done, my lord, with the dead body?" <laughs> and it's no. like it comes off so bad. That was a quite uh, the Steve Zahn impression. Holy cow! Thank you. That's my Zahn. Yeah, that was actually quite good. <laughs> it was, it was, I really saw him. And then, like, in, at the end, Horatio, poor Horatio is left with a rooftop of, like, seven dead people and just a lawsuit. You know, he's in trouble. It's the Denmark company, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The company is Denmark. Yeah. He did not get control. Tom McLaughlin did. That's a shame. It's a real shame. It's a shame to me. I honestly blacked out through much of it because it was really boring. Yeah. Did you like? Did it make you feel things in the way that Hamlet is kind of supposed to? No, I felt mm. none of it. Oh, that's bad. I, I watched it was... a long time ago, but there were parts that I really remember, like where he goes crazy and wears that little hat. <laughs> he wears that hat from the beginning. Does he? From the beginning of the film, he wears this like knitted cap. Yeah, he with wears the it ear the flaps all time with the ear flaps. Oh man, that's like the the thing I remember. Um, and also, it. Bill Murray is. Um, Ophelia's dad. Yeah. Polonius. Polonius. AKA one of the best characters in Shakespeare. It's great. So he he funny. did a really good job. Was he funny? He was funny. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. He's I'll Bill Murray. Watch it. 
Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I could. That's good casting. Yeah, absolutely. I realize that I asked you this question and I don't have an answer to it, which I do sometimes. You don't have a favorite? I don't know that I have a favorite. There, are, like, I I like a lot of them. Ten Things is probably up there. Um, oh, you know what it is? This is not dignified. If you say you got mail, I am leaving. <laughs> what is that a Shakespeare adaptation? No. Oh, okay. No, it's not. But um, please don't take my English degree away when I say this. Oh. It might be she's the man. Oh. Partly just because I love that movie so, so, so much. And it's Amanda Bynes at her height. I know. Poor Amanda Bynes has really had a real Shakespearean. Just <laughs> yes, she own. has. She is a Shakespeare heroine in many ways. She, she yeah. got on board and just never left that train. Yeah. Um, but it's a delight. And it's, it is an adaptation in the loosest oh, yeah. sense of that. That's the thing. is, It's like, <laughs> when do these become just like plots? Right. You know, like it doesn't seem... Well, There's, that's one of the questions that I have. Oh. There is a thing about, like, Shakespeare becoming, like, a high school. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I have it, it just ha- about It's this. happened so many times. I have theories about it. It's Do you a, want me to tell you? Yeah. Is it, la- is it a question you have later or no? Well, no. It's, okay. we, let's go into that yeah. now because, like, I think it's interesting the kind of distinction between, you know, an adaptation in the truest sense, which is, you know, direct text, um, mm-hmm. just a reading of that text and and then sort of a replication. Anything um, Kenneth Branagh has done, yes. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and then there's, you know, like the taking the plot points and certain elements and, you know, at what point does it stop being a true adaptation, I think is a whole huge question. Um, but in terms of, like, teen movies and why those are such a specific subset of Shakespeare adaptations, I think a lot of it has to do with you know, this emphasis that we have about Shakespeare representing uh, your your average human being and the way that they spoke, which is only, like, sort of true, but it's this kind of narrative we have about Shakespeare that his whole thing was, like, representing your everyday and the way people actually spoke and all of that. And I think some of the, some of the themes in terms of, like, passion and jealousy and hierarchies and stuff like that is, like easily mapped onto some of those existing narratives that we have for like teen films mm-hmm. i think it's a really interesting like way like way of interpreting those stories yeah totally i, I think there's like a very obvious high drama line mm-hmm. yeah. between sort of both of them and uh i don't know a lot of people thought high school was very dramatic in mm-hmm. everything that happened you know and that's certainly presented in movies Mm -hmm. so to take what's likely the most dramatic things ever written it seems to fit pretty easily yeah and i don't know well it also was written for like the plebes right exactly that's kind of what i meant which what else is teen dramas Mm -hmm. you know going to well or exactly which like we we love them oh of course i won't speak for jeremy but i'm not a huge fan trash i'm trash we love trash (laughs) and like i think it is that thing where um there are lots of things that you know high school students now reading shakespeare need some like explaining to grasp but the average person, the average plebe, like, <laughs> standing, watching Shakespeare. There are lots of things that they would have just automatically understood and, like, social references and, and understandings of, like, structure. And I think in similar ways, we automatically understand certain things about, like, teen movies the same way. Mm-hmm. Like, there are a lot of things in 10 Things I Hate About You, for example, um, that are just, like, that aren't even, like, explained there's just we just have this whole understanding of how that world works automatically. Yeah, and I think it's kind of a similar similar thing with a lot of Shakespeare's work. That everyone just knows the format. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's true. Well, and we we've also kind of talked about there's only so many st- like there's ten stories or whatever. Mm-hmm. So ten things <gasps> that you hate about me Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> no, just right. you guys took that in a he, very different direction. He hates it when I leave. <laughs> He hates me when... Oh, I wish I could do her thing. I should look it up. I I just watched it like two nights ago. I know. I remember being shocked, actually, as to... I thought it was really good, yeah. her poem. Yeah. And then I, it was like, um, I hate when I'm lazy. I hate when I'm crazy. I hate... Like, yeah. it's so bad. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like it's like most of all, I hate that I don't hate you, not even a little bit, not, not even, even at all. all. And, and also I was like, that yeah, part? her her meter was off, her rhyming was off. Oh, her meter, her meter. I <laughs> when it like the camera cuts away from her, and when it comes back for that last yeah. thing. Her face is bright, red. shocking red, and she's just quivering, quivering. Yeah. And I feel like they were like, Juliet, you got to give us something. <laughs> you got to cry. <laughs> you got to do it. And she just held her breath for a minute yeah. and then did the last line. Yeah. But that movie truly is a delight. Um, I love it. It was a delight. Uh, from the opening when it was all of the... The title sequences are like scratched, like chalk. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, here we go." It's very stylized. Um, and it also, I love a high school movie that begins with a new kid and another new kid showing him around to like to let us know what's going on at the school as yeah. well. Yeah, <laughs> even though the kid that was showing him around was like a future MRA member, yeah, <laughs> he was like, "That's Bianca. She's really hot, and she lets everyone know it, but I'll never get to touch her, and <laughs> she loves it." <laughs> And it was like, yeah, there's some calm down. I really, this is one of the things that I really like about the movie is they found ways to channel the complicated relationship to women that exists in the Taming of the Shrew, which is what that movie is based on. (laughs) Calling her the Shrew. Also, like some of it's pretty literal, but like, but that that play is so complicated. Like, I took a whole class in my honors degree bragging oh, oh, God. about gender and true taming plays of the early modern true taming plays <laughs> yes because there were a bunch because it like spurned a conversation this is the kind of thing that goes on in English departments around the country where we just say true taming very like, well because how was the play it was another true tamer true tamer yeah. Yeah, how many are, times can this be relevant well because it was it, many times because it was a relevant issue at the time yeah and so, you know, the 90s had complicated gender politics. Yeah. And they, like, toned some of it down in this film because that film is, like, there is outright spousal abuse in Taming of the Shrew. And then they end up together and you're like, oh, I don't know how to feel about this. Mm-hmm. But in this one... Even, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's, like, when he's mad at her. Cause yeah. he's like, I learned French for you. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, like, no one I asked you to. I did not ask you to do anything. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And that is so real still. Just, mm-hmm. like... If I put in all this work, she has to love me. And if she doesn't, she's a shrew. She's a self-absorbed. It's just yeah. guys trying their best, you guys. Yeah, they just... And then when they don't... I like saying yeah. shrew, though. Shrew is a... Like, that's the I thing. Like I, I aspire to be a shrew. A shrew. Oh. And, like, I think I'm there half the time. What is it? It's a it's a woman that is just... She's, she's untamable. She's untamable. She's shrill. She's, uh, you know, she's haughty. She's a high sense of self. She sounds like a hottie. Yeah, she's a hottie. Uh, That's the thing. I feel like she's just not, like, bending to the patriarchy's will is often what that's shorthand for. Yeah. Because even Kat... Uh, as Miss Perky would say. Yeah. Oh my God. AK, the best. Allison Jenny is really good as Miss Perky, <laughs> even though she's very inappropriate. Yeah. As many of the teachers are there. Yeah. That their she English makes, teacher is a bad teacher, and I'm makes, here to say that she makes a joke about Heath Ledger's yeah. um dong bratwurst. Yeah, that is not appropriate. No. And he even he is visibly shocked when she said it. She basically says like you don't have as large of an appendage as you think you do, yeah. or like you know you don't. It's anyway. And he's like, excuse? Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was I The teachers. Oh. Allison Janney, Cat. Cat Something was, about Cat being yeah, a shrew. Cat was not that bad. Like, everyone's like, oh my God. She, but she, like, she listens to, like, okay music. Yeah. She is, sm- like, sm- more, like, more smart. She's smarter than the <laughs> average student. Yeah. And is kind of annoying in that way because she loves to, like, bring out her. Ten dollar words in mm-hmm. grade eleven or whatever, grade twelve. Same. But uh, but other than <laughs> that, she's like you know, not that bad. And everyone is always like, so reacts so strongly to her. Mm-hmm. And also that like her attitude is a product of like her having dated this popular guy and like gone along with the way everyone wanted her to be and then basically he used her for sex and then in grade nine and then, yeah in grade nine when she was like that's like that's a child too soon and uh yeah and then and then everyone's so mad that she's like angry about the patriarchy um there's also the movie 
maybe just P- um, 90s movies, but this one especially, I noticed, is obsessed with PMS. Yes. And makes so many jokes about, like... So many. Like, my insurance doesn't yeah. cover PMS. When she runs her car into yeah. someone. Or just, like, everyone's always like, oh, my God, PMS. Yeah. I forgot that it was, like, a big punchline for yeah. a while. Lady, I kind of wish I'd been a lady comic in the 90s and I could have just made jokes about PMS. I'm on my period. (laughs) (laughs) When I'm on my period, it's like this. Sean's impressions are killing it. That's my dream, Janine Garofalo. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I like a good teen movie. How do you feel about Get Over It? Haven't seen it. Really? I know. You love 10 things, but you have not seen Get Over It? Nope. Have you seen it? Isn't another... Is it a tame, a sure tamer? <laughs> it's a sure taming play. It's a it's a mid it's a midsummer oh. night's dream. Oh, yeah, Ben Foster, uh, Cisco. Mm-hmm. Um, Naturally, what is this? Wow. What is this girl's name? Kirsten Dunst. Oh, oh. yeah. So like a poor man's Julia Stiles. How dare you? <laughs> you show me what Julia Stiles is doing now, and I'll I, show you what Kirsten is doing. I now. mostly said that to upset you. You did. That hot was under a the successful <laughs> troll. Yeah, it's hot in here. That's our humors are all out of balance. Well, I've got a full bile. File, full bile over yeah. there. I need you to be a little more phlegmatic yellow, in that corner. Yellow and black. I've oh got no, it all. we're going to need some leeches in the studio. <laughs> None of that was right. For for a detailed explanation of humorism, see the internet. <laughs> That's humorism. Go on humorism. to your nearest computer and type in the word interweb. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I just want to say that once, like, I I know that we went away from Ten Things, but I want to go just back for a second because there's a great scene that I didn't know was iconic to me until I saw it, where um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and his uh, weird friend um, plot to have a party at William Bucky Lowenstein's house. Yeah. And so then they throw flyers off the very top of the stairwell, and they float down the middle as hands just like... The camera's at the very bottom, and hands just, like, reach out through several floors, like, grabbing flyers yeah. in slow motion. And it is so And there's awesome. a really sexy song playing that literally goes, like, sexy boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> but it is iconic. It's great. And then um, also Bucky Lowenstein is great. When, yeah. Like, his line, and he's like, that must be Nigel with the Bree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. So good. Also, I love how, this is a non sequitur, but I love how high school parties are depicted in teen films. Oh, yeah. It's always people descending on a house, like, in a full, yeah. like, a all-at-one moment. I've, yeah. I've, I've been to two uh, things that were like that. Really? And I like, was shocked actually, that that's how they were. I've been to one that was, like, almost like that, but not even close. Did things get, like, you know, like, a trashed house? Yeah. Cops came wow. for the one I was at. And we all ran away. Why did you Statute guys- of limitations. Wow. <laughs> oh, please don't listen to this. Did you... Why did you guys trash the house i didn't trash anything no of course i was just a bystander yeah (laughs) i was a yeah i was a bit of a rosencrantz and gildenstern (laughs) situation full steve's on yeah um what happened i want to i do want to hear about this high school party oh no it wasn't high school it was university well that's different is it i don't know it was full of people full of people and uh it was like there were couches everywhere, and the house, the the gentlemen's who lived in these houses, because it happened twice, mm-hmm. um, they sort of party-proofed things, which was a clever move. That's smart. You know, where you throw all the dishes under the bed, yeah. and uh, you lock a few key doors, but then you have like something like 12 or 15 couches in your house, oh etc. Yeah. Do you know what? I just realized that I've also been to a one kind of like this, and it, people went full disaster, and like smashed a toilet and the i feel like the um the owner of the house was very like a high school like kid representation of a kid whose party was trashed was Mm -hmm. fully running around being like not that not my grandfather's (laughs) vlog and people just kept you know Smashing the toilet or whatever. <laughs> sorry, my the life. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry to our listeners. This is a very highbrow, lowbrow thing we're doing today. We anyway, poison in the ear. Poison in yeah, the ear. Yeah, poison in the ear. Yeah, uh, that, you know, that joke was poison in our listeners' ear. Yeah, that's ooh. that's a that's a metaphor, right, guys? Poison in the ear. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. Well, Shakespeare so, loves just a do-all poison. Yeah. Just like, oh, this one will make you look like you're dead, but then you wake up and you're not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so like many kinds know. of poison. Not to mention the fact that in the ear is not the best method. Like, no. of the circulatory well, system, that's not... sometimes it can go not... in one ear and out the other. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As lies should. This kid is on fire today. I know. He's, God. he's bringing it. <laughs> All I had was a stupid sauna. That <laughs> <laughs> you ripped off. I was a full one. <laughs> I would like if you recited like 20 minutes of just like <laughs> a full pony robe. And just hold everyone hostage. Okay, well, I want to ask another question, but we're like one and a half minutes away from break. So, so I'm going to make an executive decision that we'll launch into break. We're launching. In a minute and a half early. Okay, let's launch. We're launching. <laughs> hey, Nani Nani, we shall return. <laughs> the boys know what that means, but it's fun. We barely know what that means. <laughs> Avast, Anon, returneth we shall. <laughs> Welcome back, hey. gents and ladies, Hi. to this, your Shakespeare episode of, I don't know why I said Shakespeare. Your Shakespeare episode of Spoiler Alert on 91.3 FM, Regina Community Radio. Now, I believe some fairies may have been tampering with our computer system, which is why you have... How dare you? Oh, my a God. Couple... That's homophobic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't be homophobic if you are queer, Sean. Just kidding. You can. You can. Uh, I was trying to do a Midsummer Night's Dream reference, but Sean's hot... Hot over hot, there. Hot under hot the collar. I was going to say hot to trot. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that like <laughs> one minute of a song that we played for you. Now It's a dynamic show. You we, know, there's yeah, lots going on. Like, it's fluid. You yeah. know what? In the early modern period, they were very into things, you know, like gender being quite fluid. Oh, a man will play a woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How about that? Radio exactly. shows or songs on talk shows, it's all this... I read a, I read a thing once about. Uh, yeah, I think we have to add that song to our log. Yeah, I, I read an article once about like a reported case of a man jumping over a stream and turning into a woman. We talked about this in my gender and true shaming points. Okay, <laughs> all right. Anyway, we have an important segment to get to here, uh, my lord. Ladies and gentlemen, it's game time. For those who are not aware, once a week we play this pretty stupid game that we thought up once and just really liked so we kept doing where uh, i spend literally all week finding a movie title that these guys have not seen and we appreciate the work yeah and uh the shakespeare one was really a really a mountain to climb but uh you know we it's it's hard to find one that doesn't allude to what the play is mm. so but i think i did it okay and i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you guys what you think that this movie is they're gonna describe a brief synopsis of what it's about then I'm going to tell them what it's really about, and then we all win. Yay. You guys, Are you guys ready to play? Yes. All right. It's game time. <clears throat> this week's title is called The Bad Sleep Well. The Bad Sleep Well. The Bad Sleep Well. Okay. I'm going to go ahead if, you're, mm -hmm. if you would like go a minute, Sean. Anyway. I believe that this is an adaptation of Othello. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from Iago's point of view. And it's all about how um, he can't have a good sleep until the day that uh, Othello murders his wife. Mm. And then when his evil plan has come to fruition, he has the best sleep of his life. Wow. That was dark. Does the movie end with like his alarm going off and him just feeling super refreshed? Yeah, well, I think it, like, seems like it's going to end that way, but then all the repercussions that come at the end of Othello for it. Oh, okay, no, I thought happen. I thought you were twisting it up there. Okay. I thought I, I, thought I would, too, but I just changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy I asked. Yeah, I'm glad you did. Sean? Um, you know, it's a, this is a tough one. <laughs> okay, I'm going to imagine this is, takes place in a time where, uh, you know, people can't sleep without being lowered into um, a cavern and <laughs> calmed by the, the coolness and the darkness, then they are able to sleep well, um, except for this one infamous bad sleep well where <laughs> there's light <laughs> peeking through the cracks. <laughs> and it's quite noisy, and, then you, and you can't sleep in it. 
I like that. It operates in the Shakespearean tradition of wordplay. Yeah. <laughs> <Thank laughs> which which it. which play do you believe this is based on? Um, you know. Um. <laughs> oh, I know, Sean. What is it? All's well that ends well. All's well that ends well. Well, That's what it is. <laughs> Thank you, All everyone. Right. You guys were a bit off. Were we? Yeah, a, a little <laughs> I find bit. that hard to believe. <laughs> I'm shocked. Uh, the Bad Sleep Well, 1960 film, directed by Akira Kurosawa, mm. uh, based on Hamlet. Oh, is it about the poison in the ear? N- uh, no. It's- Ew, your ear is called a sleep well. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, uh, it's it's been sort of translated into mobsters in uh, Japan, uh, oh. and they they there's there's quite a bit that goes on. It's it's almost as if it's based off of uh, a Shakespeare play. The length from the length of it, <laughs> but uh, it's it's pretty loosely tied. There's there's not as many uncles or anything. But uh, uh, listeners, if you know about ear poison, please let us know. At spoiler alert, YQR. <laughs> and then don't tweet us ever again. Yeah, that's you know. probably it's, that's probably <laughs> a one timer. <laughs> the game has been brought to you once again by the Look and Listen Lottery, uh, where uh, there are so few tickets left. If you want one, you need to scramble down to get one. I actually have no idea how many are left. I assume it's not very many because there's only a week until the draw, mm-hmm. which is very <gasps> exciting. So. If uh draws May third. Uh so get down here and get your tickets so you can win the grand prize to either San Francisco, New York, Quebec City, or Charlottetown with and that's flight accommodations, five hundred dollars spending cash, or the second prize, which is a thousand dollar travel voucher from uh Carson Vaughan Lee Rickert Travel. Oh yeah. it's, it's spelled phonetically on this page and it's still difficult. Third prize, Regina Folk Festival Experience, two weekend passes to the 2018 festival. You should probably get your tickets. They're $20 each. Get them online at cjtr.ca. Dropping or coming on down here to the station or by calling the station uh, during regular office hours, Monday through Friday. Get your tickets immediately for the Look and Listen Lottery. You must. You must. Great. Great job, Jer. Thank you. Thank you for that. It was pretty hard, you guys. Thank you. Well, you did well. Especially with all those fairies trying to mess us up. We had a sound effect of my feet like slam. Door slam. Fully work. We're yeah. going to try and get into that someday. Uh, okay, I got a question for y'all. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about um, a, a loose adaptation that doesn't use the original language versus like a straight direct text adaptation? We kind of touched on this, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna draw a line here. Mm-hmm. You guys might feel that this is too much. I don't know. Okay. I prefer when they do the modernization mm. that they do change some things up a bit, because in things like Romeo plus Juliet mm-hmm. or the 2000s Hamlet, yeah, you they're all so serious that mm-hmm. some parts just come off really goofy or cheesy. When you know you call the sword a gun. And even in Romeo and Juliet, in the start, there's some really r- cool moments happening with guns and cars and people. But you're like, uh, you know, does this fit? Why, mm-hmm. well, you know, why wouldn't they have just switched it or just altered it that little bit? And then would it have made more sense? Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that with the, yeah, like the Ethan Hawke Hamlet, that's when it came off. Mm-hmm. It was so serious, so drainingly serious. But Romeo Plus... I thought was actually really there was so much humor and ludicrousness um among everyone else that it like it it suited the language a lot more mm-hmm. and you kind of you know you I think you got more from it like there's you know like a drag queen is mercutio or yeah. like mm-hmm. um it's so I yeah I watched this last night and it is so Ultimate bozzy, just like cuts, 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 edit, 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 over, overwash. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of suited how just like things are crazy. Nothing's really in based in reality right now. Uh, because I would say that I lean towards keeping the language because without the language, it feels like it's just like a plot, like mm-hmm. blink and you miss it, Shakespeare plot. That's what I believe. I well, you don't necessarily have to take, like you can keep ninety nine percent of it, 
but I'm just sort of speaking about more fixing these little sort of inaccuracies that make things a little odd. Oh, Anachronisms yeah. of Maybe. sorts. Yeah. Just things that don't work anymore. Yeah. Be, just be out of out of you know, or do the the Kenneth Branagh as straight as you can. Mm. You know, keep it keep it true. And if you're not, then fiddle with more to make it work. Mm. I don't think there's a huge problem there. I don't know. I feel like you're. I think you're right, Sean. I think Romeo and Juliet does a really good job of that, because, I mean, presumably sometimes the goal is to bring to life the actual text Mm -hmm. and i think that um it can feel like sometimes i don't know i guess it can feel a little bit like just just you're just redoing the show Mm -hmm. and you know like just a straight up and down adaptation where it's period correct Mm -hmm. and details are really specific like i don't know i think that people and also like your general population might kind of write that off Whereas there's a potential for access mm-hmm. in terms of like recontextualizing the the show, but then um, keeping the text. And I think there are a lot of people who have this sense that like Shakespeare is completely out of their depth, and uh, or or like it, you know, they're out of their depth when they read Shakespeare, and that you know it, you, they can't understand. And I think one of the things that I always say to friends who have those feelings is like, you have to see it. Like you really have to see it. Mm -hmm. And so if you're somewhere where you don't necessarily have an opportunity to see live theater, um, seeing something like Romeo and Juliet, where you do have those access points, however silly some of it may be. And, you know, it's also outdated in its way. And I think that's also part of what we're talking about is like, also that's kind of the nineties. I think that makes it kind of cheesy. When I watched it, like in the, I didn't watch it in the theater, but I definitely got a blockbuster video mm-hmm. of it. Cute. I don't think I picked it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, but my I, I get what you're saying, but my thing is still, if you're going to start changing things, commit to the change. But you I know, mean, he don't did. Hold, but don't hold the text as some sacred thing that can't be altered. Just literally swap out the word sword for gun. Like, And now I think you're closer to... I don't know. I, I think that that's a, like, in some ways that's like the coward's way out because like to 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 make those kind of small changes mm-hmm. like you're still anytime you're adapting something you're making changes to the text any directorial choice mm-hmm. you're making changes to the text whether or not you're changing words mm-hmm. so that's the thing oh i'm like, talking the dialogue. context i know you're yeah. talking dialogue but but like there are changes made like that's the thing the whole context of the play and its setting and all that mm-hmm. stuff is like still changes i know what you mean though. yeah I, I just feel like it's a half measure yeah you know like <laughs> measure for measure oh. i'm gonna try and say them all <laughs> you guys are gonna have to start saying henry and richard a little bit more <laughs> anyway yeah i think it's interesting though because they are kind of different beasts in my mind but like i don't know do you guys think that like a teen teen version does actually like act as an access point for people or do you think if someone just knows nothing of the source material they probably don't even realize that it's an adaptation leo was definitely responsible for getting shakespeare in the ears of everyone at my high school yeah there's like a lot of girls that were that was like their favorite film interesting i know and not shakespeare gals Mm. you wouldn't see them in your Shrew Taman workshop. <laughs> <laughs> They're not that best friend character from Ten Things who's like obsessed. Who's fully cosplay. Yeah. yeah. I relate to her a tiny bit, but not quite. She was kind of weird. She's a lot. No offense to her or you. It's un- it's understandable. It's one of those things where it's like, okay, this is a bit too much. Maybe because she just had like one line or something. Yeah, she wasn't and a fully fleshed out character. And the one thing she did say, I was like, whoop, you're weird. So <clears throat> there were a lot of shakespeare adaptations in the 90s uh like a lot and the early 2000s um why do you think we haven't seen any as recently with the exception of nomeo and juliet which we will talk about later (laughs) we do we must um any theories in the room boys for why that might be that we see fewer adaptations now than we did in the 90s i don't know i wonder why it had its heyday i wonder if uh now a lot of people associate that kind of stuff with 90s mm. aesthetic, maybe. You know, you have to show your midriff to do a, a Midsummer Night's Dream uh, re-adaptation. The Midriff's Night Dream. 
<laughs> I think the 90s, it was just like everyone suddenly was like, oh, man, this is like an edgy retelling or like a gritty Shakespeare retelling is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then um, now we're like, oh, yeah, I think it does seem dated because now it's well, 90s. There was Joss Whedon. I was just about to yeah, say that was an overstay. Much Ado. And then before that, in 2012, I think there was Macbeth, which mm. was like this hardcore Michael Fassbender movie. Yeah. Oh, which. Wow really didn't work mm. at all like you you can't just insert a bunch of war in there mm. and then have them stop and talk the way they do mm. it just really d- did not make sense interesting i didn't watch any macbeth adaptations for the show mostly because i saw one in high school that was so like uh haunting mm. you're just like there was a scene where like lady Macduff like walks in on like all of her kids being like slaughtered and i was like what the it's brutal like i cannot watch this which which one was it oh i don't know probably like a 60s one or something yeah macbeth is not my favorite so um i just don't think about it much there is one that was brought to my attention by mentor of the show gerald saul Mm -hmm. uh and avid listener of the show gerald Mm -hmm. saul uh it's macbeth from 2010 Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. Um, the whole thing is on YouTube, and I don't know how this is possible. Oh. For free, people. Is it a film or a stage? It's 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 a film, but there's definitely stage things going on. Wow. And uh, I was very impressed with it. it. It came highly recommended, as I said. And the performances are amazing. The way that they do everything is super great. It's set in... Uh, it's it's set sort of during an older war, mm. and the the three witches are actually nurses, Ooh. and there's there's a ton of stuff. Oh, like it is, oh my God. very good. We I should will be have watching. to watch that. Mm-hmm. The also, only one that piqued my interest when I was looking was Scotland, PA, which was about <laughs> <laughs> a burger joint where the employees are wrestling for control of it. <laughs> That sounds really fun. Also, just to be clear, Patrick Stewart is also in Nomeo and Juliet, so you basically have to take it. He's like the Julia style. Jeremy's making a sad face. Is he a star-studded cast? Yes, he is. Are you sure it's not Michael Caine? Michael Caine is also in it, as is Ozzy Osbourne, as is Emily Blunt, as is James McAvoy. Now it's too many. Do all these people need to pay the rent? Why did they do this? Honestly, you guys, it's not that bad. I really enjoyed it. Do they die in the end? Well, then it's pretty bad. <laughs> I know. But it's a children's end? adaptation. Completely ditch Properly. our source material. They think material. they died. They think they and both it's think like, that they died? Uh, no, that everyone else thinks that they died. Oh. Anyway, we don't have to go there because... <laughs> um, I just want to know who the two families are. Are, are one gnomes it's, and some humans? No. no, they're both gnomes. It's next-door neighbors who hate each other, like two humans. Oh. Miss, Miss Blue and Mr. Red. The Reds are the Capulets, the Blues are the Montagues. And then their respective garden gnomes. Mm-hmm. Are also involved. It's all very color-coded, yeah. yeah. Isn't there a purple wedding at the end? <gasps> yeah, it's oh really God. cute. That's very sweet. And like, James McAvoy is Nomeo, and his <laughs> best friend is a little garden decoration mushroom called Shroomy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> anyway, have you guys seen the Joss Whedon Much Ado? No, no. not yet. It's very good. It. it looks really cool. It's really interesting because, like, well, there are a lot of diehard Shakespeare fans who really hate it, actually. I think because. There is no, like, production element, and you might not like it, Jer, because it is just, they just filmed it in Joss Whedon's house with all of his friends who've been in all of his projects, um, and they spent, like, $1,000 or something, and it's the it's the same text, but mm-hmm. it's it's set in a modern context, th- and it's never explained. I think, uh, I think Much Ado, there's a lot less to worry about. Like, mm-hmm. there's not, there is some war stuff and some fighting, but I think you can get around... So yeah, but I mean the language is still like there's a like much ado. I mean the title much ado about nothing, mm-hmm. nothing being slang for female anatomy. The whole like the whole play is basically a pun. The whole play is wordplay. So there is a lot like it is very dense with complex Shakespearean language that your average human being who hasn't doesn't have an English degree mm-hmm. hasn't necessarily analyzed so i'd be really interested to see how you feel I'll check about it that out. one but again it's good. I, I don't have a problem with the complexity or anything just 
when they use words that don't match what they're referring right. to. But there's lots of that. I know. Well, yeah. there there's bound to be. Yeah. Well, there's like the night. There's like the the night watch. The little like anyway. There's no sense to talk about this because you guys don't know what I'm talking about. I don't. I, um, I'm still wrapping my head around genitalia referred to as nothing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing is a Shakespearean slang for a vajayjay. Wow. I don't know if we're allowed to say that on the radio, but I just did. It's a line has been crossed here on Spoiler Alert. Normally, we would go to what you're watching right now. I just want to say a quick thing, which is to talk about the movie O, mm-hmm. uh, which was... Originally made in 1999, but actually was held off for two years because everyone pretty much gets shot at the end, and it was supposed to come out like two months before Columbine happened. Oh. Or, sorry, like two months after Columbine yeah. happened. And so they held it off for two years because they were like, nobody's going to want to see this movie, hmm. which I think is very interesting given the current volume of school shootings. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, yeah. Not like things have really slowed down. Nope. Um, but I think that's a really interesting example of like an updated, uh, of a way to like update a conversation about like the race politics in that play. Mm-hmm. Because Othello, the, the main character, is a Moor. Uh, so he's brown or black, yep. probably black. And there's a lot of references to it in the text. And there's a lot of... Um, turmoil around those like social organizations and I think the way they do it you've seen it right Jerry? Oh yeah. I think the way they do it is really fascinating so basically it's like a basketball high school um, and he's the star player. Very serious. His name is Odin. Yeah. It's very serious but like yeah modern modern text uh, like modern speech and uh, it's like an updated context but there is a lot of talk about race in a way that I think is a really interesting like parallel and contrast with the original play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that would be an interesting one. One that I, I think it's really interesting that there haven't been almost any adaptations of is The Merchant of Venice, which is basically, are oh, there a lot of those? Like 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 a like a film of the same words? or Yeah. They're, they're absolutely, it's oh, yeah, terrible. No, of the original text. Oh, it's awful. No, of the original text, but like there's no like modern oh, adaptation. Oh, I understand. Yeah, yeah, that's hard to put in a high school. Right. Drug dealer? Mm-hmm drug dealer who's a Jew. Like, that's the thing. The whole thing is like this complicated relationship mm-hmm. to his Jewishness. So, it's, I don't know, it's interesting the things we're like, yep, we can ta- tackle these gender politics, we can tackle these race politics, but no one's tried for the Semitic politics in this case. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. I know that the, the actual Merchant of Venice film did not do well. No. And it was also not good. Yeah. So maybe that may have had something to do with it. That's interesting. Because it's like, it's again one of those plays where people have been arguing. I mean, Shakespeare scholars argue about literally everything. There's nothing that Shakespeare scholars all agree on. Um, but it's one of those plays where, like, you can just sift through the layers of, like, is this anti Semitic? Oh, is this commentary? Is this, like, progressive? Is this not? So it's one of those things that I think makes adapting his plays really interesting. And I wanted to talk about this in the context of like female characters, but we kind of ran out of time. So I feel like we're going to have to do another Shakespeare episode. Let's do it. Huzzah! Yeah. Everybody should watch Rejoice. Watch Ran, made after King Lear. By okay, Kira, oh, I, love, yeah. I love King Lear. Okay, we'll watch Ran. We'll watch, what does it get over it? I watch. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't believe you guys have never seen this. It's interesting. I'm actually blown away. You're blown away. Blown. As though by the force of a sword. <laughs> a Boslerman sword. <laughs> Which is a gun. Yeah. John Mike was, a weird, John Mike was weird reference. Sword. Okay, let's do a quick what you're watching in five minutes. Do it. I don't have a ton to say, to be honest. Which I also is partly don't why. A, don't have a ton. I watched uh, the first third of The Brothers Grimsby, and Ooh. I will not be finishing that film. How movie. was it? Uh, there were a couple parts that were very fun, funny, but there are other parts that are supposed to be very funny that didn't work, which brought the whole thing down. Why didn't they just say the brothers Grimm? Why Grimsby? They're from Grimsby. One's a spy. The other's just kind of a local guy looking for his brother. Oh. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it was not, it was not, it's Mark Strong and, uh, Borat. Oh. oh yeah, they are the brothers. Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, yes. oh my God! Okay, I remember. You think it's the wrong movie? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I I kind of like. Oh, this might be funny, and there were certainly parts that were funny. Uh, there are parts that I didn't think were so great that I can't talk about on the radio. Oh, but uh, if yeah, Sasha's involved. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he takes it to ten, and sometimes it pays off. Sometimes it does not. Yeah. 
I feel like that's that was also true of Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Just to bring that around. Shakespeare is the Sasha Baron Cohen of, of his day. Of his day. Yeah, that was Ben Johnson. <laughs> Just kidding, everyone. Sorry. Sean, do you have anything for what you watch? Um, mostly I just rewatched Airplane recently because <gasps> I ca- I haven't watched it for so long. It's from it's 1980 film. It uh is inspired disaster parody films, which I can't forgive it for. Um, <laughs> but it is so funny and it's it really still holds up. The jokes per minute are insane, and there's I laughed out loud several times. And Leslie Nielsen is a genius. And also, there's like um, a second stewardess that I don't think gets enough credit for how hilarious she is. I agree. <laughs> there was a great scene where she's like talking to a woman and then she turns away and bites her knuckle that I lolled so hard. There is so much good physical comedy in that movie. Yeah. It's, yeah. Although, I'm, the part when they unplug a child's um, air yeah. tube and her mouth turns into like a sour lemon face to show that she is suffocating it's not, was weird. It's not ideal. <laughs> I realize that I do have a quick, I have a quick watch a watch in. Uh, Jeremy will like this. Hit, hit me. It's not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, they recently added a lot of Monty Python content to Canadian Netflix. Oh, yeah, Netflix, they did. They including did. a best of, um, which was, a, it was actually made in like 2003 or something. So it's like, feels quite dated some of the some of the stuff but basically they let them all do they each have their own episode like each of the pythons has their own episode and john cleese basically did this whole bit about him being like a grouchy old man that they're interviewing (laughs) who's outdated and doesn't know anything and it's very it's very john cleese and just it yeah it like sometimes doesn't quite hit where you're just like this is a bit too real though you don't just get to make jokes about how sometimes you were sexist and then be like, ha ha, dealt with that. Yeah. Dodge that bullet. Anyway, hmm. I suppose it's uh, just about time. Well, is it time? No. 30, we, we, 30 more seconds of we, Monty Python chat? We got, well, we got a minute. Uh, there is uh, something I would like to mention, and that's that uh, a huge bomb is about to hit theaters, and that is the oh Marvel Infinity Wars. I was like, yeah. what the? Uh, oh. It's coming out, which is the uh, everyone should be clamoring to get into the theater, climbing over. Each other to get to watch what happens with Thanos and Captain America. Oh, I'm going tomorrow. Are you? Are you? I am. Oh. I have tickets. Sean, you've turned over a new have, Marvel leave. Uh, I you, barely know what's Have you watched on. any of the lead up to this? No, I'm like, oh, there's, there's like a, seven years a talking of films. stick. There's a, As aforementioned, a Russian in a bodysuit. <laughs> get, get friend of the show, Rhiannon Ward, to just retell the movies to you. Deal. It's a delight. There's got to be a, a YouTube multi-cut. Marvel you don't need it. You just need Rhiannon. Well, there you go. Love you, girl. Okay. That is all we have time for (laughs) this fortnight. Just kidding. We'll be back again in this fortnight. Uh, We would like to thank those famous bards, Saskatoon's The Garys, for the use of their theme song, Manituna. Many thanks to my amazing co-hosts, all the fabulous folks here at YQR, at at CJTR. (laughs) It's so hot in this room. And all of you fine folks for listening. This show is broadcast live Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Friday mornings at 9, and is available as a podcast on CJTR's website. We are on Twitter at SpoilerAlertYQR and Instagram at SpoilerAlertCJTR. Fare thee well, good listeners. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Bye. Bye. See you next week.